0: Welcome, welcome. This is episode number 11 of Behind the Wheels. Um, I am the host. I am DJ Artistic. I am a DJ and a cultural curator based here in Los Angeles, California. I want to introduce you all to my host, Mr. E.B.
1: E.B., what's good? What's going on, everybody? I am E.B. I am a writer, blogger, and content creator based out of Brooklyn, New York, with a love for everything black
0: and blacker. That's all it's about. I mean... We got New York, we got LA together, so we're going to squash all the the feuds from the last episode, you know, over the doggy style and the ready to die, you know, as far as the audience votes, you know what I mean? I feel like it was pretty close, but I mean, overall, you know, however you want to roll with it. I'm still doggy style all day, but listen, you know, we'll see what happens today. I'm in Brooklyn.
1: I can't be anything but ready to die.
0: I feel it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all at that, so. We're going to get into some beat matches later on, of course, as usual, so um, before we get into the the main parts of the show, the, uh, everything, everybody, everybody is talking about the Grammys, uh, a couple days ago we had the Grammy Awards, um, it was the first virtual Grammy Award, and this is probably the first time in history that we'll say that award shows are looking up to the BET Awards because <laughs> BET Awards set the standard for what's virtual, and it sounds crazy, but I think they did set that standard in a great way, so... As far as the Grammys, did you actually catch the Grammys at time?
1: Yeah, I watched some of it. Um, I, I'm, I will say, not only did BET set the standard, but theirs is still the best virtual award show. Like, yeah. nobody surpassed that yet. I watched some of it. I was happy to see a lot of people like Lettucey and Nas, who both have been in the business yeah. for over 20, almost 30 years now, win their first Grammys. I was happy to see that. Um I saw some of the performances. Uh, hmm. It was one I didn't understand. I don't even know who it was. I was just like, I don't, I don't know what that <laughs> is. Um, wow. But I I liked what I saw. I think music is just evolving. And as much as it pains somebody like me, who's like stuck in my musical ways, like I got to keep up. It's just to know what's going on. Yeah,
0: I understand that. I mean, as far as the awards themselves go, I feel like, I'm not mad about about what it was. So best new artist, I was hyped to see Meg win that. She deserves. She was hyped. She just looked like she was stunned, and <laughs> she got three awards for that. So you know, I ride for Meg all day. And then as far as the best hip hop album, there have been people, a lot of folks on social media, were saying that Nas got the consolation, and that was really for Illmatic and his whole career. Listen, we said that Which, a couple of
1: episodes ago. We said that yeah, we if he got it, then that's what it was going to be for. Yeah. I listened to the album like when it came out. It wasn't a bad album, but against some of the other nominees, I don't necessarily think it was a better
0: album. But it's Nas, so he deserved. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I've always said it. The Grammys, I'm never expecting them to pick the actual best album. I mean, of course, we all know Mac beat Kendrick. That actually is yeah, the Grammys Yeah, because they're the are. best rap. That's yeah. like the best rapper in the world. Macklemore. Yeah. I mean, he. he, he yeah. Nah, nah. nah. <laughs> all right all right he 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 has some bars but now everybody knows that was just such a i mean that that kind of made them lose credibility and they've been fighting for it back since then and i mean i would say so even like when cardi beat nipsey i was honestly not shocked or even mad surprisingly obviously i think nipsey's album was better but i realized the grammys are not just about hip-hop fans and cardi had the Why this reaching album that year. She had the most commercial singles, the club singles. I mean, as a DJ, I could play eight songs straight in the club from her. So I understood why she won and I wasn't surprised. So in this case, like, yeah, I love D Smoke's album the most. And most folks like Freddie Gibbs' album the most. Um, And so I get why they feel that Nas shouldn't have won. But I don't think anybody is really mad because he deserved it just for that legacy. Right. I mean, after you've been in the business for almost 30 years and... Your
1: debut is still hmm. one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. Like you deserve yeah. a consolation pl- prize. Just give it to him.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel about it. So I wasn't mad about that. I know Weekend was mad <laughs> about not getting nominated. And I mean, look, anybody who knows me knows that the Weekend, like he, I mean, look, he 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 is what he is. So I'm not he I'm is. not a hater. I don't have enough. Like I'm not passionate. Against him, like he's a type that if he's performing on TV, I'm not gonna cuss at the TV, but I, I might change it. I might change it to watch an old episode of Fresh Prince. or of not Fresh Prince. It, it could be Married with Children. I just don't really care. To have I mean, French. listen,
1: Thursday is. Yeah. I, I call him Thursday. I'm not calling him the weekend. Thursday. Thursday he he deserve didn't deserve. It. He didn't deserve the nomination at all. So for him to be mad, I think yeah. sometimes because wasn't he talking about um, discriminatory practices and. You know, the Grammys was rigged. Yeah, a lot of that is true. But at the same time, if you're releasing shitty material, then you're going to get a shitty response (laughs) Thursday. So this is is what has happened to him. And for him to tell everybody to... to uh boycott or he's boycotting like people was mad when you were winning people were boycotting because you were winning like (laughs) i mean honestly you you pulling us on us at this point like it's we don't like you so now you don't like who's who's (laughs) nominated this year you know it's a
0: circle of life yeah i agree i mean i feel like i get that it's big in certain lanes and certain circles but I'll even say it's not R&B to me. So whenever people say he's the best R&B or even the top five R&B artists since whenever, I'll say this. I'm not even going to say his music is bad, but it's not R&B and whatever it is, the electronic type style, is just not for me. So when it comes to him winning awards, it could be somebody making the same exact music as him and he could be the best in that lane. I really wouldn't know. I I don't care. So it's like... Like you said, it's not R&B. I don't know what it
1: is either, honestly. But it's his lane and he does it, I wouldn't know if he did it well because I don't know anybody else in that lane. So I'll just say it's his yeah. lane, but for him to be upset because he wasn't nominated. It reminds me, remember when Will didn't win or wasn't nominated for concussion and Jada was like, everybody yeah, everybody, boycott the Oscars. And we was like, concussion? <laughs> like,
0: really? <laughs> yeah, like, like for boy. that one? Not, not for, but, for Denzel. Come Malcolm on, Max like you mad at concu- like,
1: for a concussion? Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Like you, it it just comes off as yeah. you're really mad, you bitter because you weren't nominated and you thought that this was your best work when it
0: was shitty work. That's how I feel about it. So I mean, um, that's that's all I gotta say about about you say Thursday, I call him Wednesday. He <laughs> he's he not good enough to be Taco Tuesday, <laughs> right. but you know, I mean, to me, he sounds like a neutered Michael Jackson. Oh, so I see, mean, I don't that's, even. That's just uh, what it is. I mean. So so the last thing i say about the uh, Grammy, so I'm going to ask you because I've read some yeah. of your comments. So, look, wh- this is this is our podcast. You know, you can speak, speak whatever you want to about it. How you feel about Silk Sonic, about Anderson Pat, I don't Eberon know those Mars? people. I don't know what that is. I don't know who they No, You Listen, don't know? You don't, even, I think, you don't even know? I think okay.
1: it's a good song. I think, first of all, Anderson mm. is I think otherworldly like he is one of the most yeah. amazing modern day musicians that we have and you can tell by listening to his music that he studies like past present and he's looking to see where music is going for the future you can really tell y'all know i don't fuck with bruno mars i mean hmm. bruno is like a novelty act to me like he, he you know he wear a little costume you know, he he knew Jack Swing this week. This week he trying to give 70s. You know, next week he might be doing, like, soft rock. And, you know, he might want to pump out a country album. He might want to pull a Kanye and go gospel. Who knows? Like, he just, he's going wherever the crowd is going. Even the performance on the Grammys, it was like, yeah, we get it, y'all. It's a 70s throwback sound. But, like, you know. And maybe part of this is because it was virtual that they have to make it look like, you know, these videos. But it's like, all right it's really gimmicky at this point. So anything, anytime he attaches himself to anything, I'm going to think gimmicky. But I understand that because he is one of the biggest musicians in the world at this point, that it will take him uh, doing a project like Silk Sonic with Anderson with the 70s sound for the industry to kind of m- change up in a bit and model themselves after that, not necessarily 70s, but they'll get back to a more organic sound. They'll, experiment with live instrumentation because it always takes somebody who's highly visible doing it before the rest of the industry follows. And then that becomes like, that becomes, you know, what the standard is at this point. So I do applaud him for that, but I still just have issues with that song. I love it, but I hate it. It's like, I I can appreciate the good in it, but I can't help but hear all of the bad in it.
0: I mean, to me, so... I definitely have a different take on Bruno. I feel like. So I, I totally understand when people say that he's like the world's best karaoke <laughs> artist. People always say, it. they said that he's great at whatever he imitates, he's great at it. But people say, they say he doesn't have his own direct style, sound, image. Like you said, he kind of hops around to hear that. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, I feel like. How could I explain it in this case? I think that for one, I'm never mad whenever he does these different sounds because. One thing about him, he does have, because of the way he came in the game as more of a pop-ish artist who already had a retro sound when he first came in, he has a freedom to do it. So we've, we've said it before. I don't think Usher could could make, a, make this same song and it would be received the same way. I don't think Chris Brown could do it. And I think if someone who was truly soulful as an Anthony Hamilton or somebody else did it, it might almost have too much of a vintage sound so where it wouldn't sound as modern. Like, Bruno has that perfect balance – of still keeping it modern and i would say i don't think he really follows these trends of going old school because he's been the one to really set I'm, I'm not gonna say he set trends but i mean i would say like with finesse nobody was making the new jack swing song three four years ago like a lot of folks were doing 80s stuff so tuxedo right, was, right, doing right. 80 stuff. was doing 80s stuff chromio is doing 80s stuff so not and them were doing kind of house-ish type of techno type sounds so it's like a lot of artists have done throwback sounds but like, Bruno will attack a, a New Jack swing sound and make that something different. And with this one, it is a straight early 70s throwback. And we've heard even Rafael Sadiq had a whole album where he was going all Motown era. And I feel like whenever Bruno does it, it he, he, he's great at doing it. Because it feels, it feels modern enough to where young folks who didn't grow up in the 70s can have, have that feeling of that song being new. Because for me and you, we grew up hearing 70s and 80s right, music. Right. And like we realized that that's the best musically that you can get. But I think the, the advantage of, of, of Anderson and Bruno doing this, especially with Bruno, is that they can make these songs. And it's like, it's, it's our first time hearing, maybe not our first time, but it's not coming for us to hear a brand new song that is with that soulful feel. So it still hits different when it's a brand new song versus when it's something that you heard growing up all the time. So it's like, I wonder how it's going to react as far as clubs and when it comes to radio. I think that it might break it's through. Gonna break through. I, I don't really think it's going to change things. I don't see... Ari Lennox and SZA and them really going soulful because not this soulful, not right, vintage right, right. soulful. They had their own modern soulful style, but I don't see it changing up that trajectory. But I do think it's going to be a great project. I mean, the concert, I'm looking forward to the concert. I mean, that's what everybody so is saying is the concert.
1: Um, I, I just hope yeah. uh, Bruno don't jump on nobody. Uh, I, I want him to do his coat <laughs> behind stage, not on stage. <laughs> and if he has it, to hit it. a high note, do it like you did it on the BET Awards just lip sync it
0: I feel it I mean that's that's what I'm looking forward to so we're gonna see what happens we're gonna keep our uh, eyes open for that Silk Sonic project and I think whenever they drop some more songs I'm looking forward to it so it's time to get into that rewind section speaking of all this old school music so the rewind section that we do here on behind the wheels we always talk about artists that we feel deserve all the, the love the respect the uh, credit in the world so in this in this episode, who do you want to pick for your um your artist or group of this? Uh week?
1: this week I'm going with uh Troop, one of those late 80s Troop. uh Ooh. through the 90s, actually, uh yeah. male groups that kind of they 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 took over the charts for a while. They had they had some hits.
0: They did. They yeah, so man.
1: Troop is actually from Pasadena, California, and it's five guys, and it's uh John John. Steve, uh, Reggie, Rodney, and Alan, I think it, it is. The yeah, cord- Alan. Alan. Yeah, Alan, um, yeah, yeah, They're from Pasadena. Everybody knows them for songs like Sweet November and Spread My Wings. And, of course, everybody knows they remake the Jackson remake. 5. All hey, I do is you think already you. already know it. Like, it was one of those remakes where – it makes you kind of forget sometimes that Michael Jackson and his brothers sang it first because it's just that good. But they were also like really big in the early nineties because they were in new Jack city. if anybody's ever seen new Jack city, Hmm. they were on the soundtrack they did um, for the love of money with queen Latifah and Lavert. And then they also remade Stevie wonders uh, living for the city, but they were actually the group in the movie singing it which was really big back then, you know, back when a movie was coming out and the artists would attach themselves to a project to help it sell and to help the artist sell as well. But um, a lot of people don't know is, like, they they have talents outside of music. They had a good 10-year run. So from 1987 to 1997, they were releasing albums. They released two, or they released an album every other year. So I think they had a total of 10 albums. But one of the members, Steve, He's been, like, a writer. Like, Steve has written hits that people don't even realize. He wrote Chris Brown's Take You Down. He wrote um, the (laughs) Breathe With No Air song with Chris and Jordan Sparks. The B2K Gots To Be, Marcus Houston's Sex With You, Monica's My Everything. He's written for Aretha, Tank, Jennifer Hudson, 3LW, Kiki Wyatt. Like, it goes on and on. So he's going to be good for life. Sadly, Reggie actually passed away over the weekend. Yes in peace. He He just passed um, on Sunday, um, which was what made me be like, you know what, Troop has to be my rewind because for the time, they were a really big group um, to be able to cross over and be in movies, but they're not always named when people are like, oh, name some of your favorite groups. I rarely, if ever, hear people say Troop. People will mention the All I Do is Think of You remake, Hmm as you know a great song but people don't talk about spread my wings which is that's my song people spread don't my wings that yeah, listen booker. come on yeah. people don't talk about like sweet yeah. november like people don't talk about the group and their vocals because they have vocals and if you go back and watch new jack city you can see the acapella and everything like they they had the talent but they didn't for some reason they didn't stick around in people's memory as being one of the the bigger or better boy groups so i had to go with troop for
0: the rewind this week I definitely, I definitely rock with Troop. I've met Steve a couple of times. He's he's one of those. If you if you came to L.A. any any big black show, he's there, just <laughs> backstage chilling or something. He's one of those uncles who, he popped up at a brunch I did one time, so I had to drop spread my wings for him. And one thing about Troop, so I realized um, because Unsung, of course, is one of my favorite shows. A uh, shout out to P. Frank Williams, yeah. and it's where them and maybe eight, ten other groups that were on there all had the same exact like they came in that right before or right at new jack swing era and then right when music changed 92 93 they just didn't really keep up and with them so i'm not even sure if you're familiar you ever heard that album that they dropped in um 94 called something, a, something. a little something yeah. something so that album i listened to it maybe two years ago it dropped in 94 and just the cover of it you could tell they're just trying so hard to keep up with what 94 was because rap and r&b changed so rapidly between 86 and like 93 yep. is where 86 87 was still alexander o'neil and anita it was still kind of grown folk 88 it was already like it got young all, all out all out of nowhere troop came and new addition grew up but they're still youthful mm-hmm. and then bobby and them had that youthful type sound and new jack swing came in strong the keith the i'll be sure and then after new jack swing it became the hip-hop soul and with the influence of chronic and death row uh r b got a little bit hood for a quick second and even how the uh, the ball headed dude that we don't talk about had songs like the summer bunnies and those mm. that he was trying to sound like Dre. So, troop basically what, what I realized in '94. I mean, plus they were from L.A. Pasadena is basically okay. L.A. And with that, this '94 album they, they dropped it. They're trying to be like gangsta R&B, just like almost like DRS. So, yeah. We had I talked about DRS a couple episodes ago, and just the cover they had on the 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 Pendleton, they had on the swap meet. Crip Blue shirt, they had the shades on with no shirt, looking like Jodeci mixed with with uh, with, with Dazz and Corrupt, and it just didn't mix with, like, if, if you look at that, and then you hear Spread My Wings with the high-pitched falsettos, right. and All I Do, it didn't match, and then the songs on there, one of the main songs is called Poonanny, that's what Ice Cube called <laughs> the precious uh, bedazzled jewel, you know, so it's like, the fact that they went that direction, I feel like I get exactly why they did it. Looking back, ninety four was like that. It was where they're probably confused. Like, is R and B gonna go more? Where we have to go gangster, we have to go hood, or is it gonna go boys to men, all for one? And they, they're more in that lane. they to me, they could have. They
1: should have went that lane. That that was like yeah. they could
0: have,
1: they could have continued in the same vein that like boys to men went on, and you, mm-hmm. you you know, might maybe have these big Diane Warren written ballads, and, you know, yeah, big, like, yeah. you were, you had songs in the New Jack City soundtrack, so, like, I could see them on the soundtracks yeah. for, like, the, all the romantic comedies of the 90s, you know, that, that nice boy yeah. image, like, that should have been them, but since, exactly, you know, times exactly. change, and then you kind of scrambling around, trying to keep up, trying to figure out, well, do I need to look this way, do I need to sound this way, like, what, what are they buying now, you kind of lose your own yeah. identity and then in when that happens it's like it's over for you so i mean they've continued yeah. to tour but you could tell by their last two or three albums that it, it, things were just different
0: it was yeah yeah for sure so i feel like and and just like you said a lot of groups in that era. i mean i i highlighted high five a few a few weeks ago and the same type of thing yeah. like once 92 93 came and it changed up like a lot of groups got left behind and forgotten about. And it was all about Jodeci, Boys to Men, a couple others in that era. But it felt like everything was about them and anybody else got left behind. It, it was almost no B tier. It was like you're either A tier or like C and D tier at that point.
1: I mean, it was, yeah, so it, it wasn't, yeah, it was, you were either hot and you were on top of the world or you was one of them other ones.
0: Yeah, so it happened. But I feel like they definitely need way more respect and more, more love because they, those albums and those songs that they had are still classic to this day. So salute to Troop for sure. And uh, shout out Steve. So uh, my pick for this week, um, also from L.A., Miss um, Patrice hey. Russian. Patrice. So one thing, I guess, to make it personal, like Patrice is one of those who, like, because my dad is involved with music and he he basically moved to L.A. in 72 and he he linked up with Induga, George Duke, Patrice before they really took off, took off, took off. Especially with Patrice. So it's where I would be around Patrice as a kid, not understanding who she was exactly. I knew she had forget me nots, but I just didn't realize how much she had until I got older. So it was a case of being in college and always hearing this song on random radio stations called mm-hmm. "Remind Me," and I couldn't find it because back then we didn't have Shazam. Early two thousands, you didn't have Shazam, and you can Google lyrics. You type and remind me and they kept on bringing up mary j song and i'm like okay she kind of did use that but who's singing this right. other song it took me until 708 to realize i might have asked my dad he's like that's patrice i'm like oh and it's like one thing about patrice is that if you were there in that era you know who she is and she was like basically a legend for that uh 70s and early 80s but i feel like a lot of folks in the younger generation don't realize who she is and the way that the conversation goes whenever i bring her up it always goes the same way if I'm asking somebody who's not a deep music head, it's like, do you know Patrice Russian? If they say no, it's like, so you know Forget Me Nots. They might say yeah. If they don't, I'm like, so you know Men in Black? Yeah, of course. So the song that samples. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Then I say, So you know Kirk Franklin's sample, haven't you heard? He had that on um, I think Declaration, I think it was called. Then it's like, she's all her songs have been sampled. She had Feel So Real with DJ was DJ Quick used for a radio drop. So anybody in LA knows that one. I mean, she had um, she had Oh yeah, so music. I will say if you know Music Soul Child, he yeah, had Settle for My Love. That was Patrice. One of her best. And it's like Yeah, one of her best. I mean, the whole album that she had back in 82, the Straight from the Heart, to me is her best yeah. album. Probably her biggest one. She had some smashes on there. She had the Forgive Me Nots," And yeah, and I feel like even where's um Where There Is Love, like she had some of these songs that are not played enough to me. I feel like Remind Me is a song that you don't hear as much as you hear maybe Shaka Khan, Sweet Thing, and even the Anita songs in that early mid 80s but her songs are all timeless to me and she's a beyond just being an artist she's one of the best musicians i might say she's one of the greatest female uh, musicians she ever is. because <laughs> she's the first female to, to uh, direct the music for the grammys and she did that three straight mm-hmm. years and the music on on Steve Harvey that's her on a lot of uh, a lot of black award shows she directed that music so I think she just needs to be respected a lot more, period, when it comes to just being the producer, composer. And on top of that, she's the uh director of popular music at USC. Yeah, I mean
1: Patrice is one of those who has since the very beginning of her career, and I think she's working with George Duke for a while. Like you can hear her influence. And like, did you you know the Prince story?
0: Yeah. The Prince story, yeah. Prince wrote that that uh uh his first single i want to be a lover was about, about patrice. patrice and she That's turned insane. prince down
1: she turned she was like no we can work <laughs> together but you just yeah. not it ain't it ain't gonna happen she like like only i'm wearing high right heels here. I feel <laughs> one it. set of heels in it. this bedroom yeah no patrice is <laughs> yeah. absolutely one of the greatest writers composers and producers that we have had i think the fact that she is a woman sometimes people like leave her out of those conversations as being one of the greats, but her work has been very consistent, like from her first album up until now, even touring or producing for award shows or television shows. Like she doesn't quit. She doesn't stop. And then she got, she still got her signature, Micro braids, you know. She took the she took the beads out. She She took the beads. They was making too much noise in the in the recording booth. But she's still rocking. (laughs) She's still rocking the micro braids. And I will salute anybody who rocks Mm -hmm. micro braids for forty years. Like you are a legend. All day.
0: She's still sitting down waiting for it to get ready for eight hours and probably playing piano as she's getting even. Brandy took her braids out. You know, Brandy took
1: her braids out. It's time to (laughs) let it go, Patrice. But you a legend, so I'll let you ride with that.
0: Rock them as long as you got to. So. Much love to to Miss Patrice Russian all day. And the next segment that we have is the uh, inverse of that. We have the fast forward segment. We're going to bring to you some artists who are making some big waves right now. They might be on the rise. They might have gotten some commercial acclaim, but we feel like they have a long way to go and they have far from reached their peak. So for this episode's fast forward, who is your pick? I'm going across the Atlantic
1: Ocean again. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Loves, Listen, I, like,
0: it, it's something about
1: the UK. Like, they get soul music so right sometimes that I'm always caught off guard. Like, yeah. how in the hell do you do that? Um, It's a young True. cat out of London, South London. His name is James Vickery. He's actually signed to Rock Nation. I think I came across his music on Spotify, and the first thing that I came across, I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. Let me, you know, let me start, and I'll come back to it. And they played another song. And I was like, oh, I really like this. Who is it? Same guy. And then live performances started playing. So he has some EPs on Spotify. But then he also has some live performances on there as well. And I'm like, oh, so he sounds like he does on the record. Like, live, he actually sounds. That's, and like uh... that's. People, yeah, it's big, and people think I'd be tripping, but it's it's kind of rare that people, even some of my favorite singers, do not sound the way that they sound on record. Not saying they sound bad. I don't want nobody to sure. come after me, but they don't sound like the record. He sounds like the record, sure, and sure. the more I was like looking up, looking up who he is and everything, I found out he was actually born deaf in one of his ears. So, oh
0: wow,
1: he, he's wow. on stage, white dude, like a young white dude, deaf in one ear, and. He's singing. It's like it's almost like a music soul chow. Um, the tone of his voice. I get a lot of music. But okay. uh, it okay. like the vibe is like if D'Angelo just decided to re- to release like sixteen of voodoo, like sixteen albums. Like it's that's that's what he sounds <laughs> like. He sounds like like wow. he studied that type of vibe, like that's what he wanted. But his vocal vocal tone is a lot of music soul chow. i'm cautious i don't i don't know if rock nation is the right choice i haven't really seen what they do and Uh, how they can cultivate their r&b acts um to go far so i'm a little i'm just like a little worried about that like mm, like should you be on rock nation but it will be great exposure for him and i hope that he catches the ear of like the american audiences because a lot of people don't they they've not heard of this guy yet and I'm trying to figure out My when time, I heard him. Man. I was trying to figure out how I hadn't heard of him. I was like, "Well, he's doing, and he's been wow. he's been actually working for a while. It's been a couple of years." So, James Vickery, South London. If you like music soul child, you like D'Angelo. London. Like he, listen. It, he makes uh he makes baby making music for, uh Gen Xers who, might <laughs> be experiencing Gen Z dating lives. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! That's, wow. that's him. That's a description but, for hey, you right there because it's a difference. It's, it's a difference. A difference so, so you gotta you gotta break yeah. it down. That's
0: what he does. I get that. Oh, as far as what you were saying about Rock Nation, that might be a different topic for a different day. But I'm still trying to understand how they work because it it seems like are they just more of a distributor where you kind of are your own artist development or you have your own team as your mm. development and they whatever you package up they ship out. It, it feels that way because it's a lot of artists. I can with him see right that, now. especially in
1: his case, because when I'm hearing him, I'm thinking, I, I don't like from the name Rock Nation. I'm not thinking, you know, this is what you know. That's like when Tina Marie got with Cash Money. It's like Cash Money. Wait, that don't oh, make God. sense. Like how did how did that work? But yeah. it it could be yeah. that they're just distributing his product, and he's you know his own creative director. He's doing his own producing, his own yeah. arranging, and it that could be very well be the case.
0: That's how it sounds now I'll say uh, when we finish this, go to their website and just look at the artists they have a good 200 and I'm like, okay so this is not mm. just a regular label that has 15 to 20 artists they right. focus on so so I'm, I'm curious about that so I actually have to check out James I haven't even heard of him before Man. so thanks for uh, putting me on with that one so I'm gonna check him out for sure. My pick for this week is YBN Corday actually is this Corday now so I'm just gonna say Corday he cut the YBN from his name. So Corday is a young rapper, um, basically from Maryland, and he came from a, a clique called YBN. Um, I would say the initial star from that group was Namir. He had a song, I think, called Bounce Out with that. It was a, a banger for the club, and he was from, like, Alabama, but it had kind of a Bay Area sound to it in a way. But Cordae was the one who a lot of folks probably ignored him initially, which is why he he removed that from his name, because they had a mixtape a couple years ago as far as the YBN collective, and... They, they're they a dope young collective. They just make a lot of more of the young type of... I'm not even going to just say trap, but it's more of the young energy type music that appeals to that Gen Z, I would say. But Corday is a spitter. He is a rapper, lyricist. I would say his easiest direct comparison is definitely J. Cole. You can tell that he grew up... It sounds funny. I just I just realized it. He grew up t- uh, to J. Cole. I'm like, somebody yeah, grew up to J. Cole, he's my age. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. We're at that age now where, yeah, he was probably... 12 when j cole came out so it makes sense so he he's a j cole disciple but also you hear some kendrick some nas in them too but he only has that one album that one album he has ended up being uh grammy nominated because it was just that dope of an album i was a fan of it way before he got the nomination it's called the lost boy and it's just one of those albums that's just the way that, that it flows it, it's an actual story and he has features from everybody from meek to ty dollar sign to chance he has a dope song with chance on there um, called Bad Idea. Has the same sample that uh Scarface used for um for my block. So it has a real mm. kind of churchy feel to it. But I would say Corday is a type that whatever beats you throw at him, he's he's rapping to it. So he has a couple songs that are more on the trap tempo, but he's speaking to those. And one of my favorite songs of that year, 2019, um, probably still one of my favorite songs is with him and Anderson Pack. He has a song called RNP on there. And that song is just straight hip-hop. It feels like Back when most Def and Talib were going back back and forth on the track, it's like they switching off two bars, sometimes one bar on the song, and Anderson, of course, kills the hook. And whenever they perform it, it's one of my favorite performances seeing them on, I think, Jimmy Fallon because just that chemistry for them to be 10, 12 years apart and that's their only song together, but you would have thought that they were a collective duo because just the chemistry was on point. And I think Corday has potential to be a force in this, in this game because he. He's the type you can tell he studied he studied the past he's not one of those who's coming out a lot of times it's cool to come out and and diss the past like a lot of young rappers come out like that's old school 90s 2000s is old school that's trash but he he has a handle on knowing how to appeal to us old heads i would say who like the nas and the j cole and the kendrick and the jay-z and the and whoever it is but because he's young he still appeals to to the youth when it comes to just what he's talking about and he he has heartfelt songs. He has a song on his album called uh Family Matters and he's just talking about his aunties and it it sounds almost like who wants to hear about somebody else's aunties, but you hear it and it's like he's talking about my aunties too. Like it's so relatable that I could rock with it. So yeah, it's it's one of those type deals that he he's my favorite young rapper out there, I would say. So
1: yeah, I mean you said he's from Maryland, so I definitely have to look him up because I'm yeah. curious about which part because I do think there's Yeah. PG, uh, I think. think he's think I he's mean, PG. come on, it's the blackest county in the United States. I think is, there's though. something about Salute. like that part of the country where you get that influence because you're right there by Philly and Baltimore and New York, and then mm. you got Atlanta just below and Virginia, like right across the yeah. water. But then you're also picking it's up true. everything from the West Coast. You're picking up the Midwest sound. And I think I know for a lot of people I know, a lot of artists I know who are from Maryland that – they have this chameleon-like ability where you can they throw do. whatever huh. it is you have at them, like you can whatever the BPM is, like whatever the style, and they just kind of fit it's right true. in. And I'm, I'm it's like, true. okay, that that's how I had to rationalize it to myself. It's like, oh, okay, it's because it's Maryland, and it's, you know, it's right there. Like you you getting all these influences. Hmm. Um, I'm glad that he dropped the YBN from his name because I yeah. mean that would have yeah. stopped people from noticing who he is because I think when a lot of people have the same name, like all the, hmm. everybody with Lil and A's the ASAPs, like man. I can't tell any yeah, of them apart. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I can't <laughs> I tell it. any of them yeah. apart. So, and I, and it's not that they look alike. Well, maybe they do or sound alike. They definitely do, but it's because <laughs> yeah. you got the same name and you know, my old ass eyes, or just like, oh, they, they go that boy again. Like, that's all. Yeah, same it's the same one. one. Yeah. I, I won't even give it a chance because if I heard something that was crap from one ASAP, then if I see ASAP the next time, I'm just going to hit skip because I'm like, oh, I done heard this. But it, it might be something hot. Same but, you person, you know, y'all got man. the same name. So shout out to Cordace for true. being smart enough to do it earlier in his career as well because a lot of people aren't. And a lot of people still holding on to Lil in their name who ain't been Lil since 1992 so you know shout out to him for changing it because i that kind of thing matters as an artist especially as a rapper because you want to stand out
0: it does like you have to stand out it does especially for his especially for his lane because i feel like he he doesn't have that typical lane like a lot of them so to me if i could predict his career it is going to be more on the cold level maybe not as big as cold but it's more so he's he's never going to be the hottest he's never going to be the trendiest he's never going to make club songs that are like that's the biggest song in the club but his songs might be dope enough to get club Mm -hmm. play because i mean i was playing certain uh cole and kendrick songs that were not necessarily club tracks but if they have fans so if their fans are out at a bar or something and they hear it they're gonna ride to it even big crit kind of a similar thing and like you said about him being from maryland i I agree i feel like maryland dc especially with i mean because dc was always go-go so they they didn't really have that many rappers who were big and tell wale and then they had a couple since then the fat Mm -hmm. trails and all them and even Gold Link, but, and they all sound different too. They all sound totally different because DC and that PG area, it's like, they like a little bit of everything. Like in the 90s, 2000s, they were more so into the East yep. Coast music, but recently it's been more the South. So it's like, they've been able to adapt more. So yeah, I would say salute to Corday and everybody who's out there. If you haven't heard Corday's album, The Lost Boy, you gotta check that out. Cause it's, it's a very solid, solid good album that deserved that nomination. So uh, at this time we're gonna go ahead and take a break when we get back we're gonna have um two of uh, two of our most um infamous segments we're gonna have the drop we're gonna be talking about something that we all love and miss so hey. much and we're gonna have um our most most um infamous and controversial segment i would say is beat match where we take two artists producers albums decades whatever and debate those and See who comes on top. I'm not sure what the score is for the last ten episodes, but we're gonna. I feel like I'm you know, in the lead, probably. Way. you
1: know, I'm not not that I'm keeping up, so, but it's written down right here. I'm still in the lead.
0: All right. However how <laughs> you wanna play it, um, yeah. I think I might have to run with this one, but yeah. So we're gonna have those coming up, and just to let you all know, we do have a playlist. So all the artists that we've mentioned so far, we do have the Behind the Wheels playlist that basically has a couple songs from all these artists that we've mentioned. So if you want to hear some James Vickery, some YBN Corday, Troop, Patrice Russian, maybe even some Silk Sonic on there, you know, just to get into that vibe and leave that door open, you know, you might have yeah. to. So at this time, we're going to take a break. We'll see you all in a minute. and welcome back this is behind the wheels so we have returned from our intermission once again i am dj artistic and i have my co-host eb so at this time um it's time for one of my favorite segments it's called the drop so for this this episode we're gonna talk about something that a lot of us have been talking about a lot recently especially if we grew up on 90s and 2000s music the art of the remix i mean the remix is one of the things that Going back to the early nineties, I would say, even the 80s, but especially those early 90s, the remix was just like a new level to whatever song you already liked. It's where a lot of songs came out. It it was two different types of remixes that we commonly heard, maybe even three. It was a case of we had those remixes where we bought the album, we had a song that was cool, we liked it. Then the single comes out and it's a whole different song. And it's like it's a different beat, different verses. Mm-hmm. Then we had the remixes where it was a single that was already big, and then next thing you know, they changed the beat up, and they bring in other artists. Or they might keep the same beat, but they bring in new artists on there. And overall, the remix is something that a lot of us um, loved so much back in the 90s, and in the last 5, 10 years, remixes obviously still exist, but they've changed in nature. And overall, we're going to get into that, just about why they've changed, how they've changed, what our favorite remixes are, and of course... Um, Y'all can hit us with the hashtag behind the wheels pod and let us know what your favorite remixes are. If we don't mention them, but so before we get get all the way into it, so so Eb, so when it comes to remixes, um, I'll, I'll ask you this 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 first question: mm. Did Puff Daddy invent the remix? Because there is an album that Diddy <laughs> dropped back in the two thousands called "I Invented the Remix," and right. then I remember some articles came out basically showing that initially the word remix does not mean what we use it for of course remix was a literal remix where they took a song now we might call it remastering they might have increased the drum levels Mm -hmm. they might have added some instruments to it or you know improved the instrumentation but overall it was more so about the actual mix but by the time we got to hip-hop we we basically changed the whole terminology of what remix meant so knowing that diddy was halfway being sarcastic did he invent the remix to you, or what do you think about that? I think people
1: that worked with him
0: okay, okay um, they yeah.
1: helped to popularize the remix yeah. um and I have to say people that work with him because and I want the listeners to actually let us know like what song do you know that Puck actually? produced himself (laughs) like just i just want to know name five songs that he produced himself because it's always this these allegations of oh i produced that somebody else saying they produced it and you know he had a team with him but (laughs) i think the remix and the music video uh, i put them like side by side because they both kind of made their appearances in the early 80s but they didn't really take off and gain like popularity in the way that um became You know, defining for a lot of the artists until like the early 90s to mid 90s. I mean, there were people in the 80s doing like great music videos, of course. I'm not gonna, you know, hate on Mike or Prince because, you know, they are the kings of music videos and Madonna was doing some nasty stuff. I don't know. But (laughs) yeah, I think that around the early 90s, the remakes kind of took off where you saw, you started seeing people from different labels. Doing remixes for other record labels, so you would see like So So Deaf doing remixes for Bad Boy, or you would see like somebody on I don't know a random record label Motown get a Bad Boy remix, and it's yeah. because of the producers that worked with them were affiliated with you know these labels. I don't think Puff invented the remix. Um, I think people, like I said, people who worked with him <laughs> have yeah. uh, made remixes like the standard well they used to be the standard because we will talk about that too cuz remixes have changed but yeah, yeah. it was one of those things where and i'm very curious to know like the origins of it because it seems like for a lot of these producers they may be wondering or they may be working on a song and maybe you'll have you know two instrumentals you you like and you want to use but only one gets picked and you're like oh we're throwing that one on a remix then like we're going to remix mm. that yeah. that I think that he is a master of that, and I I can say that because I heard a lot of stories of Puff in the studio. You know, with two ideas for somebody, they like one of them and they think the other idea is dead. And he coming back be like, "Oh no, it ain't dead. We gonna use this. You know, take that, take that. That's that's <laughs> where he get that from. Like, take yeah. that, we, take that. Easy. We got to use this." So Puff didn't invent it, but people that work with Puff definitely and they definitely popularized it. Like Bad Boy is. Bad Boy's remixes are kind of top tier.
0: Yeah, I would say so. I feel like, so of course, like there are remixes in that eighty nine ninety. You had the I'll Be Sure and Slick Rick, the If I'm Not Your Lover. And mm-hmm. a lot of these songs had remixes, even like with the guy and them had remixes. I mean, even Remember the Time had like eight remixes. If you had the LP, they had a jazz remix and right. they had what was called a New Jack Swing remix. And I'm like, it's already New Jack Swing. How is it uh, <laughs> any, you know, so Teddy Riley had some remixes, but... I feel like the I could be totally wrong. Somebody can check me, correct me on the hashtag if you want to. But to me, the first huge remix that really like made it where okay, we have to have a remix for almost every song was probably when Diddy did that uh, Jodeci "Come and Talk to Me" remix. Yeah, I feel uh, like that was like the initial remix that really like started the trend of okay, if you have a hit song, we have to remix it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was one of the biggest... Like, after that, you saw people like Mary J and SWV actually dedicate entire albums to just their remixes. And I'm not saying that this is, like, the original remix, but for anybody who's a New York head, you will remember (laughs) that Stephanie Mills impeached the president something (laughs) in the way you make me feel. Wow. Like, when that dropped, you know, it was Stephanie, but it, it had the impeach the president beat behind it. When yeah. that dropped, it was like, oh, this is a, like a different way of looking at a song we already love. And now we just bring in the hip hop element. I think that may have inspired yeah. lots of producers to be like, you know what? You want something there. Let's go ahead huh. and like we can have the original song, but let's incorporate more hip hop into it because that is what was selling. Like it started selling That's right true. around That's that true. time. Let's put more hip hop into it and let's blend it all together, I think a lot of people like, sell their remixes, artists, yeah. not just the producers. And I yeah. think that there were some people who they just couldn't get it right. Like it just wasn't for them. And I think it ties back and we were talking about earlier with Troop. like a case of, you know, music changing and maybe you're trying too hard to keep up. Yeah, you're trying to keep yeah. up. Like everything don't need a remix. Like it just. Not at all. Don't need a yeah. remix.
0: I agree with that. And I feel like it got too. Um so it got to a point where like mid nineties it was where the remix would be so much different. So of course, uh we had we had our battle last week with um Ready to Die and Doggy Style. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I know you're probably you're probably ready to fight me when I said that one more chance didn't count. But it's like but without even getting into that, it was a case of if you bought that album that first day, One More Chance was a different beat, different mm-hmm. lyrics, different everything. So then when that single came out, you're probably confused and then then people who bought the album because of that were probably like, "Wait, I bought the album. It's not even on there." And on the the same thing happened in the in the opposite way for I know Dr. what you about to say. What what? Oh, well, you about to say Dr. Dre? As
1: far and as Erica Badu, Bag Lady. So
0: I'm not even. I I wasn't even getting there yet. I wasn't oh. even gonna get there yet. I was gonna mention Dre though. So okay. We we can talk about that too though. So yeah. So okay. So before I even get to that, so the, the opposite happened of One More Chance when it comes to. California Love, so California Love with Tupac. The single came out before the album. The single was the the one we all know. Da, 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 yeah, da. yeah. You buy the album, it only has the remix. See, it's only the I one. Don't with, be, with the, I um, don't
1: be buying the West Coast albums. I ain't even know that.
0: You be ha- Yeah, yeah you, you need to. But <laughs> but not seriously. It's like and that that threw people off because you heard the single mm. first, and then you buy the album, and then they have the remix. And if you ask people out here, we're so tired of the original that we might prefer the the remix anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're not mad, but it's still weird that the biggest song, one of the biggest songs of that whole decade, basically, you buy the album and it's not there. You have to buy the single for it. So it started to get confusing. So, I mean, the brat, of course, give it to you. Like, I didn't realize that either. I heard mm-hmm. the single for give it to you, which came out a year after Funkify had been out. So, I mean, that remix was just so fire. And I see it says remix, but I'm like, okay, whatever that means. I buy the <laughs> album and I'm like, oh, no, this is not the same song. And this song is very six and a half out of ten. And the same with LL Cool J Lounging, like Lounging Remix is the one that we doing on the single. Cause On the yeah. album, it's not the same. It's so trash on the
1: album, sorry, LL.
0: Yeah. So it's like so that's that happened a whole lot. So to get into what you mentioned, the ones that are unofficial remixes that are more so usually in a mixtape form, but the whole thing with Erica and Dre, that's one of the most they never really spoke about that. But yeah, for people who, who aren't aware, of course. Uh, Dr. Dre dropped, uh, 2001, he had a song called Explosive. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was called The Way i Be Pimping. The original song was actually Dre and Royce Nine, but then they dropped the one with Corrupt, Nate Dogg, 6'9", 6'2", I think, 6'2", whatever. And then Erica Badu took that beat a year later, and her producer basically just took the exact same beat. He chopped it up a little bit, but he didn't really, I don't think anything is replayed. I think it's the exact same beat. They might have EQ'd it differently. Yeah, and I think it's the exact so. same. Yeah, so I'm sure you would say that that song is better than the Dr. Dre one. Which Back Lady? Yeah. Better than Explosive? Yeah. You think so? Uh I
1: can't I not not with the greatest singer of all time, Nate Dogg, being okay, on explosive. Okay. I refuse right. to believe. All right, I, good, good. You know what? I'm not i, I, know, I know you love Mama's great. Gun. I yeah. love Mama's Gun. I was yeah. about to tell Erica you owe me thirteen ninety five because the version on the radio was That's not. That's true, on the it's album. different. That but, is true. That's but, true. The yeah. version on the album was actually so good that I forgot all about that. Yeah, I don't think that... Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I can say that Erica's is better than Dre's just because, like, Explosive mm-hmm. is just yeah, one of Nate, those... Nate it it Rag- just don't quit. Like, yeah. Corrupt's verse on there... It's the most misogynistic, ignorant, out of pocket. And I feel so derogatory, catchy, amazing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like you feel so bad, but it's so good. So I can't say it's better. I will say Erica did a great job. And and of course she had the video and and that actually I think helped sell Mama's Gun. That's another discussion. But yeah, the remix kind of a lot of people. During that time, were taking these, um, like you said, and it was almost like a mixtape form. They were taking yeah. stuff that had already happened or songs that were already big, and they were kind of using them as like heater tracks. Like I think about Repurposed. the way, um, yeah. uh, the way Beyonce and Mary um, both used Fifty Cent in the club. In the
0: club, yeah, like Mary did too, huh?
1: Yeah, she for Hooked, and that was like that was the big oh, song wow. that Puff that Puffy produced. Uh, that was the big song, and everybody was like, "Oh, that song is so hot!" And it wasn't on the album. It was like, "No, this is just this is just for the summer. This is just for y'all to dance to." Because mm. I mean, in the club was so big that oh, everybody just had the like in the club just the, the it
0: didn't quit. Yeah, I mean, in in the club was the biggest song. I, I was I would still said the biggest song of that whole decade from 2000 to 2009. So yeah. so so moving, we're basically doing a little timeline. We're kind of going from early 90s all, all the way up and getting to the point of where we are now. So I'll ask you because I've tried to find official articles, but I've heard a lot of people say that the reason that basically we don't hear any remixes with a new beat anymore is because of Miss J-Lo. And what I've heard, I'm not sure if you heard this before. They've said She's that... She's all the beats? So, not that. I mean, probably that too. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so what I've heard basically is that, um, and I've read it from several people who are credible, they said that it's not necessarily her fault, but I guess she remixed the song, and it was a whole different beat, and it, it was where the it, the song became maybe number one or top ten, whatever. But I don't know why at that moment it happened. But Billboard changed the criteria for a song where initially, say if you have a the original song and a remix, they count together. So that basically the streams or the 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 plays, the downloads, the sales from both both songs count together. Like but, as one, as one. But they said because of whatever happened with this J-Lo song, or for whatever reason, they changed the whole formula to where now if you do a remix with a different beat, it doesn't count. It's not going to help to make that, that song uh, higher. And, and to go into the streaming to the streaming era, if you think about it, the last 16, 15 years or so, I can't really name that many remixes that aren't SoundCloud edits that have a different beat. And going back to, I'm thinking 05, 06, 07, Whenever you hear a remix now, it's the same exact beat. You don't hear anything with a different beat anymore, and it's like I do want to verify that it was because of this J. Lo story. But when you think about it, going back to what I would say is one of my my last favorite classic remixes was Charlie Lowe, They know when he had the Gucci man, not Gucci. I'm tripping, but Jeezy and uh and Ludacris. Mm-hmm. I'm in my cool whip inside Jello. Like even like how D4L had the geeked up remix with Jeezy and like going back to that late 2000s and then all the way up to now like my favorite recent remix has to be savage with um of course with like with beyonce on top of uh meg but if you think about all these remixes since like oh seven oh eight, they are all the same exact beat and that's one thing that we love so much about the 90s is, is that they did have different beats as we were just saying so mm. see i never knew that the the piece about
1: the billboard piece about the remix and the original mm. all being you know it counts as one yeah. um which now makes me look at a lot of the '90s songs a little differently because I'm like, your song probably wasn't even selling all that much because people yeah. was probably rocking with the remix more than they were the album version. For sure, um, for sure. Do you remember what J Lo song that was?
0: I'm, a, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up and all see because right. I, I, I cannot. Yeah. I, it's
1: crazy. I didn't. I've never thought about that. Um, but especially in the day of streaming, it makes yeah. total sense why that would be um, because everybody's trying to. You know, everybody wants the number one spot on the chart or to be as high up as possible and if a remix can help that then great but if the remix is not really helping that then i guess they're just moving on to the next project so we're getting the same song and now the remix is just a rapper added or mm-hmm. maybe even a, another singer added just another yeah. verse or somebody else doing the hook
0: that's all it is now and i feel like one thing that i'll say too is that of course, we gonna complain about everything because, you know, we grew up in the 90s when we did, but it's like, one thing that I will say for sure is that I hate what I call algorithmic remixes. So that's the era of now, because even in the 90s, it's like, whether it was the same beat or not, like, of course, Ladies Night, which was the, uh, the uh, what was it called, Not Tonight remix from Lil' Kim, right, that's right. a different beat, but she had all female rappers, Ladies Night. It, it fit the mm-hmm. theme of Not Tonight. Then you had Heartbreaker remix where it's, it's uh, Missy and you have... You have a uh, Brad on there with Mariah, but it got to a point now when like when city girls and and them have remixes like Sweetie, so Sweetie has Tap In, and you would think okay for anything with Sweetie Tap In, she should get you know Doja Cat or Meg or somebody, but she gets Jack Harlow and the Baby yeah. and Post Malone, and they're doing that because they say when it comes to these algorithms, it's all about say if you're a Jack Harlow fan, you type his name into title or to whatever. And his newest song is, oh, Tap In Remix. Let me listen to it. So now it's all about doing whatever you can do to get streams. It's not about making the best song. And that's what I don't like. And it's like, of course, because of it's all about streams, it's all about those numbers. I get why it's done, but it's taken away from the music because if it's City Girl Remix, it should be nothing but the female rappers on there. Or, or, or if it's guys, at least talk back to them and make it fun. But don't just pick somebody. Like, why is Jack Carlo and Post Malone on Tap In Remix? Like, it does they're not even from the Bay. If they're from the Bay, even if it's G Easy, it I'll give G Easy yeah. more of a shot over it. So,
1: yeah, that's an interesting point. I think uh, going back to like the Ladies Night thing, because I think one of the biggest missed opportunities that we had for a huge remix actually came from Beyonce when she dropped Diva. I Ooh, thought that diva, there should have yeah. been a diva remix with Ooh. all of the women. Missy like, killing that. And. Listen, everybody would have <laughs> been, like, you would have had Missy. You would have had Kim. You would have <laughs> had Trina. Like, you would have yeah. had, like, all these Divas. And actually, it would have been great for her to put some female rappers from Houston on. Like, yeah. you know, let's, let's get some more people in the game. I think that was, like, a huge missed opportunity. I think there have been a couple missed opportunities for remixes, it's like, why didn't you do that before that didn't make sense i think yeah. the last one that was actually perfect and it worked out in their favor i mean we talked about it at the beginning is the bruno mars and cardi b it was yeah like, that was a that, great one yeah Finesse. that was yeah. perfect it was yeah. perfect for cardi and it was perfect for bruno and i guess that's why because it could make it made money so yeah. nobody's going out and doing like i'm i don't even remember the last the last What was the last real remix that was a remix, like with the different beat. everything?
0: I'm trying to think now, so I have to think back to, I'm thinking real quick, early, mid-2000s. Even 2001 was Welcome to Atlanta remix, which was perfect. It had Snoop, it had um, Diddy and all of them, but that was the same beat. I'm thinking in that, right. okay, Faith burning up, was that a different beat?
1: No, it was a different beat. It was a different beat. That's when they brought in the sample, so yeah, that, yeah. that would probably, and that was 2001.
0: Yeah, so, oh yeah, that's way back. So it, that is 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's a couple like, but it's it's something that weren't as big. Like Snoop did have a drop it like his high remix with uh, Jay-Z and Pharrell, but mm. that wasn't that big. But that was a whole different beat. It's been a couple in there, but overall it hasn't been that many actual remixes. Like all you get you get the SoundCloud remixes, you get the K Trinata remixes and the edits now, but as far as from the artist himself, it hasn't been as many. So let me so, ask you this. Yeah.
1: And I know this is—I know for a music head like you, this is hard. <laughs> yeah. Top five remixes of all time.
0: Off the top of my head, Off I'm gonna top. say. I already mentioned the Brad Give It To You. I'm going to say um, One More Chance remix has to be in there. I'm going to say Ladies Night, not tonight. It has to be in there. I'm going to say Missy Hot Boys. Mm. I'm gonna say that, <laughs> and I'm going to say. As I said before, Shawty Low, they ain't no remix, because I feel like it added a whole new element to it. So that's his five off the top. I still want to say Come and Talk To right. Me" is right there, but yeah, that's his that's, that's five off the top that just stand out to me. Okay. Uh, I, I would say I would say my favorite, changing the tempo, from mm-hmm. going from a slow song. That's one thing we didn't even mention. Remixes used to go. also take that slow jam and make it fast, right. make it a party song. So my favorite one of those is Drew Hill's uh, In My Bed, because... They made this sad song about getting cheated on, and you caught her in bed, and you crying. But now he's singing, we partying, two stepping, and he talking about uh, you called out his name. So uh, listen, I gotta one up yeah. you real quick. Jagged Edge, let's get married. Oh, let's get married. Like, that yeah. was a listen.
1: Yeah.
0: The, what's with the yeah. Run DMC?
1: It was yeah. like. We was just about to get married. We was watching Midnight Love and now we at the club. We on a we party. Cut. Like what's going on?
0: I remember yeah. th- like that's one of those songs. Like I can tell you the first time I heard it. I was in my bedroom on my old little radio <laughs> alarm clock. I remember hearing it and I thought I thought it was a DJ blend because on a DJ tip, the original song is 55 BPM and it's like that is 110 BPM. All you got to uh-huh. do is double time it, put those drums behind it cuz essentially that's all they did. They didn't re-record the vocals. No, the vocals not at are, all. are the exact same. You they just took the, the drums from that. But yeah, that that remix, I didn't know it was a real remix until until Run came in. When he came yeah. in, what's going on? I said, "Oh, this is this is a brand new song for real." Brand new, I yeah, thought I it was brand, a DJ being creative.
1: No, yeah. it was a brand new song, and but that was yeah. part of the beauty of the remix was because you could bring in other people, not just like your peers, but you could also go back and bring in like they brought in Run DMC, yeah, just like you know, SWV. You know, they had the the. The right nature? here yeah, yeah and the they, you, you, know, you, you you got the michael jackson in there a lot of people have like these remixes where they just don't they just don't do anything for me like they just kind of hmm. they just fall very flat but yeah. even for somebody like biggie to do one more chance and then you're introducing like a whole new generation to the barge right now like yeah. unintentionally but that that was part of the beauty like at any time anybody remixes anything like when keisha cole and missy did uh Get It Together, I think it's called. Forget what the song? name of the song. Okay, okay. The Missy Keisha Cole song is not a remix, but just like they had that James and Tume. Oh, oh, you mean, let, oh,
0: Let It Go, Let It Go. See, I'm t- see black people oh, are always let it trying go. to
1: put different names. To the yeah, you always name see, it. I'm song saying song Get different. It Together because she was saying Get They're It talking Together.
0: you talking about I Don't Want Your Man, that song. Right, yeah. that,
1: that one. It's like you, you have <laughs> yeah. the opportunity to bring back people. From, yeah, it's true. You know, who it's may true. not be like on the top of the charts right now. Not, not saying they like failures or anything, but they just may not be in the public eye or they may not be on the radar. But that was something that remixes did. One of my yeah. favorites is the Meth and Mary. You're all oh Need. oh like, oh. That is, oh
0: easily easily i mean one of
1: the greatest like that <laughs> and, and to Not have Mary. a video because when you do a remix you got to do a video that's another thing that doesn't happen now like they don't do the remix and the video but it's true the videos were also the best part because then you kind of sometimes you got two videos for one for the original and one for the remix but sometimes they you only did. focus on the remix because they knew that the remix is what everybody's listening to
0: anyway exactly and plus like and mentioning those songs like even with one more chance it's hilarious to me that they remixed the remix. They took the words from they the remix. They used to have remix, so many yeah. remixes. <laughs> yeah, it would be so many that just, like, it kept going and kept going. So it's like, I'll definitely say that, that I missed that era. And I'm, I'm going to say it to the artists out there. Like, I understand why you want to make a brand new song instead of, you know, remixing what you have. I understand the algorithms and everything with streaming, but I miss those remixes. I feel like the same way that some of those songs were not that great on the album but became classic as a remix, that could probably happen to some modern-day songs.
1: It would happen, and I think it it would increase, like, the shelf life of the song because having the remix there, like, after you drop the original, say the original's high, it's number one on the charts, time has passed, finesse, time has passed, and then you drop a remix,
2: and it's like, oh,
1: we forgot about this. Like, let's come back to life. I don't think people do that. You have a king or a queen of the remix? The
0: king, I mean, we've said Diddy... As the queen, I might roll with Missy, cause Missy has so many. If you think about even her own lights, camera, action, and she has so many songs that she's even how she now had get like get your one, freak on. It wasn't get your freak totally on totally yeah.
1: different, but Nelly Furtado came in and was like, "Hey, pay me," and she was yeah.
0: paid. Yeah, it's like she she's great for doing that. Even when she had uh, one minute, man, she had three different versions. She had Trina and Ludacris and Jay. So it's like even when she. She had the same song on her own, but she said, "Let me get a different version for it, each person on it." So, as far as you, who would you pick for your king and queen? Um, king of the remix, it,
1: like I like I said, I have to say Puff, but yeah. it's hard to say Puff because what has he produced? Like I just need to know. Yeah. Um, queen of the remix, it's my girl Mary, Mary. like Mary's was, yeah, remixes, yeah. but then it's That's also true. tied into Puff because most of them were puff were, but they, even the yeah. ones after puff like the, all the ones from 97 through 2003 like there were some great remixes she had that he had nothing to do with. that's true so yeah i i think she is the queen of the remix i think that puff or i mm, i'm t- scared to put pharrell's name in there and be like pharrell does some nice remixes because none really like stand out stand out but i know he's yeah. he's i'll put jd over
0: I'll, I'll put jd over uh yeah. Over, um, Pharrell. yeah, as JD. far as yeah, I would say, um, right after Mary, I would actually say Mariah too. I forgot Mariah had the yeah. fantasy and the heartbreak without yeah.
1: remixes. Her career yeah. would not be the career of the girl that debuted, like the girl yeah. that debuted still would have been huge. But that's those true. remixes, they gave Mariah like two black cards, like she ain't got one, it's true. Now she got two. It was like, oh, yeah. you going oh, you got ODB on your remix,
0: ODB. Oh, okay, you got Mason on him now, yeah, so that's what it is. so salute to all the artists and producers who specialize in those remixes. That's the era that I would love to see come back. If not, we can just enjoy the ones that we had. So we're going to go ahead and move into our final segment. So it is that time. It is that time. Let me get some, some bells, some buzzes, some whatever it is. Let me get some sound effects. It's called Beat Match. Our last battle was um, basically me picking Doggy Style, EB picking Ready to Die, and our producers, Melissa and the lady, are always gonna be the judges on here. And you all help us judge along with the you know with the hashtag of Behind the Wheels Pod. Last time we had a draw. I think it was a very even matchup. This one might be about the same. So we're gonna do a producer battle this time. So one battle that we always hear debated, especially because of Jay-Z and because of the uh, blueprint, especially, is about Kanye and just Blaze. And With that, of course, Kanye is a much bigger figure in hip hop. He's a much bigger even producer, I would say, even outside of just being a rapper. But for me personally, I've always preferred Just Blaze. And I think that's who I would have to side with. I mean, who who would you roll with if you had to pick?
1: It's a lot closer than a lot of people would think. But Kanye has a slight edge. Like, I love Just, love his work, but Kanye has a slight edge. So I'm gonna have to go with Kanye.
2: Okay,
0: okay, we're going to see where it goes. So so the way that we do this is that each of us get three minutes to discuss our sides, we have our rebuttals, and then our producers, a.k.a. our judges, will decide and give the final verdict on it. So, EB, I will let you go ahead and speak your piece on why you feel Kanye is the superior producer. Like I said, it's
1: extremely, extremely close, but hmm. Kanye, not only is he like a superstar rapper, but... His productions for not just hip-hop, not just R&B, not just pop, but, I mean, now he's added gospel to his resume of production works. I think he has kind of built careers. Like, he is a lot of artists. Had they not worked with Kanye West, like, they would not be as big as they are right now. A lot of the songs that he's done have been... I think they become signature songs for a lot of these artists. Like, they just, like, mega hits. Like, he did uh, Jay-Z's Izzo. He did the Bonnie and Clyde for Beyonce and Jay. Talib Kweli's Get By. Monica's Knock Knock, which I know everybody loves. So Gone, So Gone is High. But Knock Knock is the better song. Mm, um, okay. Through the Wire. I mean, not only did you produce this song. It's like an autobiographical song. It's an amazing song. But to do so and have Shaka Khan... The Queen Shaka Khan, come and actually sing it with you is kind of big. Like a lot of people are not doing that. You know, Kanye's worked with Madonna, you know, he's worked with Maroon 5, and then he's turned around and he's worked with Mary, and he's worked with Jay Z and Monica. Like he is one of those people who is so diverse in what he can do in terms of his production that I think he's unstoppable. Now, his mentor, uh, No ID, <laughs> They did great work together, but I I think there comes a point when the mentee surpasses the mentor, and that is is why I think Kanye should win the beat match because not only did you have this amazing mentor and y'all were doing amazing work together, but you learned so much from him or you were so inspired, whatever the case is, that you went, and now you are internationally known, even without all the extra that comes with Kanye. The one thing I cannot take away from him is his music i can't take away any of his productions like the work he did with janet jackson the work he did with keisha cole the work he did even his work like his own albums and i know we're not talking about him as an artist so i'm not talking about that but the production on his albums always top tier his features are always amazing and i think it takes somebody special to be able to remix or mix a song for madonna and then turn around and do the same thing for Common, and it not sound like the same production. Like, You Don't Know My Name sounds nothing like Izzo. Bonnie and Clyde 03 sounds nothing like Heartless, like the 808 and Heartbeats album. Like, like his sound is so diverse. I don't think Jess has that. I think he's close, but I don't think he has as diverse of a sound as Kanye has in terms of production. I think when you hear a Just Blaze production, you kind of know, you're like, oh, that's Just Blaze. That's just what it is. When you hear a Kanye production, there may be elements that you pick up on but but you will have to like confirm, is this Kanye? Oh, who is this? This is Kanye? This sounds nothing like other work that I've heard him do.
0: I hear you, I hear you. Okay, okay, so. I definitely get a lot of what you're saying. I feel like Kanye is definitely more accomplished and he's done a wider variety. For me, personally, I just think Just has made better, stronger productions. I feel like like Just has made some anthems. So, I mean, the thing is when, when Just came in the game, he came in 99-2000, but by the time he gets to 2001, so let's talk about Blueprint. You do mention uh, Ace to the Izzo. That was a breakout single. I remember we were hyped when we watched it on BET Awards the first time we saw it. But then you get the album, and it's like, the more you hear it, it, was like, this is okay, it's cute. But the songs that stand out on Blueprint, which is one of the biggest albums ever, probably Jay-Z's best, Song Crying, you don't know. That's just Blaze, I mean, turn my music high. As soon as you hear those horns come in, it's like, that's just a different element. And then Song Cry is like, when you say that his songs sound similar, they might all be soulful, but they still sound different, because You Don't Know gives you a totally different feeling from Song Cry. Song Cry... The way he takes that sample, it's so crazy because, of course, I'm young. I, I'm young, old. So on my young my, my young side, I didn't realize that that's the actual guy singing it. I thought that was a girl because of how high-pitched it is. Like, Just mm. made that vocal sound so high-pitched that it sounds like a woman singing, but that's a guy with a low voice. He pitched it up that high and just made a cold beat, the drums he put on top of that. So to me, Just was a star of uh, Blueprint over Kanye because those songs stand out the most. And I think Just has a lot more speeds he can go and he's a better club producer by far you have what we mentioned earlier that burning up remix with faith you have rock the mic rock the mic is just a philly anthem i I play that song almost every time i'm doing a bar because that song just i love scratching it you have flip sides you have um i mean before i even get to freeway's album like you have joe Budden pump it up that song might be cliche at this point we might not like joe Budden at this point but if you're watching you got served if you used to you used to um dance back in the day you're gonna you're gonna get up for that one you're gonna start crumping to it you know you're gonna get you gonna get hyped to it so as far as it comes to a freeways album that album is i would say slept on because he made some bangers on there he had of course he had flip side i mean the whole thing starts off with freeze it's that free sample but then you have what we do i mean if you've seen the uh the clip from the sixers game and they're in the crowd like That's one song, if you're not from Philly, you love it. If you are from Philly, that's your favorite song in history, because it's just so, it gets you so hype. And then you also had uh, All Right, where he took the same bass line that they used on um, Electric uh, electric Relaxation. And Anthony uh, Allen, he used it for his own song as well, but Freeway had that version on there. And that's just a real cold, smooth groove that sounds nothing like Everything Else Just does then you had line em up line em up is one of those songs that if you haven't heard it in a while you just know it's a crazy sample from some old 70s it's not sampled and that's one thing that i give him the advantage over kanye is that most kanye stuff that we love is sampled or derived directly from somewhere else "Line 'Em up just sounds like it's a straight old groove with some crazy drums but that's all acoustics so he had that but in that same era everything he did for Dipset, the the old boy i mean for him to flip that i'm going down i mean that's that was brilliant. So that's just how I feel about Just Blaze. I think his songs just stand out so much more than Kanye's. I wouldn't say
1: that he never uses samples, but I will say that Kanye is more known than just for using samples. But the way he uses them is so masterful that you're doing two things: you're introducing a new generation to old classics, but at the same time, you got somebody who was in their fifties and in their sixties now paying attention to the music going on today because of the way you can marry the samples from the old artists with these new artists out there. So I give Kanye credit for that because a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people would fail miserably. It would sound gimmicky or it would sound like you're trying too hard. Uh, Kanye did Beyonce's party. Uh, no matter which version you like it, whether it's Andre 3000 mm-hmm. or that other one. A who? Yeah. yeah, I don't know that one. <laughs> Whatever Yo, version Lord. you like, he did that. He did all of the lights. Rihanna, like, he did In Words in Paris. He did no, run this boy. town. It's, it's, it's one. Boy. I'm, a, a, nah, hey, it, listen. It, nah, listen. No, you, it, nah, it, nah, it, nah, that's Kanye. He did In Words in Paris. Come on now. Uh, yeah, he did yeah. Flashing Lights and yeah. Flashing Lights. The production on Flashing Lights is one of the most amazing. Like he didn't make her say, he did John let, John Legend's Heaven, John Legend's first I, when I used to love you. Like that sound that Kanye gave us. Like what I said, what I said earlier about him being able to craft these custom sounds for artists and like actually give them a shot. Because if it wasn't for his sound, like with Keisha Cole, Keisha was cool when she came out like worldwide, but when that I changed my mind. When, when that when that starts and that comes in, then you're like, oh, I'm going to pay attention to this girl. She may be around for a while. And that doesn't happen without Kanye. I
0: totally get that. I mean, you mentioned Party, which was a banger, but, I mean, you have freedom. You can't tell me freedom wasn't one of the, the, the best, especially hearing that live, seeing that live at the BET Awards that one year. Freedom comes in so cold. And, I mean, the same way that Kanye takes those samples and gives new life and brings those to life, I mean, brings those to a new audience, the same way to me uh with with a lot of music that um that just does i mean kanye went to just for a single with touch the sky and touch the sky he took a classic 70s and made that fire i mean he 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 did the the lord knows for drake like he has a lot of a lot of recent songs that you love too the exhibit cj electronica that made people wait 12 years for an album like that was the most anticipated album for a whole decade off of one song and that's primarily because of Just Blaze's beat because Jay was speaking on it. He had some bars, but it's that beat that's just so hypnotic. And then he had, I mean, you talk about taking some classic songs. Uh, he took he took the old school on throwback for Usher. He made a, a throwback song, Sound Modern, and called it Throwback, ironically. So he had that. And then I would say he he was a little bit more diverse within rap. He, he would give something to Memphis Bleak like Round Here. That had a straight down south feel to it, but it's still... It didn't feel forced. It wasn't like he was trying to make a Lil' John Crunk beat. It just had that down south bounce to it, but it still had the East Coast soul. But then he would flip it, and he gave Kendrick and Game their own songs called Compton. And they both sound different, but they were both, they fit the vibe of what the West Coast is, but they still still had Just Blaze touch to it. And as far as the way he flipped stuff, I mean, who else could flip a live concert song like TLC, Digging On You remix live and turn that into Hobie, baby? Like, when I heard the... Because I heard Hobie Baby, and I knew it was his fire. Then I heard where he got it from. I'm like, he got this from a live performance. He sampled that TLC and made that into an anthem on its own with Jay-Z. And speaking of the anthems with Jay-Z, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove. When you hear that come in, I mean, who doesn't know that? Who doesn't love that intro? I mean, you got to rock with it. Just as great. <laughs> he
1: is great. I <laughs> promise you. He's great. But kanye did janet's i want you that was the first time i heard janet jackson actually like project and sing (laughs) like it was the first time that i could actually hear the lyrics and that's because kanye was in the studio like nah you gotta sing he did slow jams he did overnight celebrity he did drake's find your love like he his songs stay on the charts forever and without him even having to be he doesn't have to be attached to the song i think that's like part of his duality is that yeah he can produce but he's also a rapper so if you do need a rapper on it i'm right here in the studio put me on it but he doesn't have to do that for everybody and those songs kind of take off and do their own thing he did jesus walks like which from a production standpoint it reminds me so much of something like easy mo b would have did because it's so simple but it's so amazing like when you take you know just these couple of notes this cut this basic beat and you make something great out of nothing, and that's what Kanye West does. Like he makes things great. He makes nothing great.
0: I totally respect it. I mean, some of those songs you mentioned, I do love playing and listening to, but I still have just connected a lot more with those just songs. I feel like even when it comes to the, to the emotion that that's coming from these just songs, like even Dear Summer, like everybody remembers when, when Dear Summer came out, and just hearing Jay on there and just like getting caught up in that beat. Like just has a has a gift of I feel like Kanye, a lot of his songs can be like both of them obviously sample, but I feel like Just has been even craftier with some some of his samples, where they're not as blatant than he has some where there are just a straight loop. Like there's some it's just a loop, but it's like the fact that he found that that's like a DJ ear that he had with that one. So I give him a lot of props for that. But then on the flip side of that, he'll give you a can't let you go from Fabulous, which was no samples at all. It was just a straight like off the top, like that was straight up. um Yeah, if you hear that one, it's no sample. Okay. It's just the live guitar. It's the the drums are on point. And then he also, when it does come to samples, he'll take stuff like whatever they sample for uh, "Live Your Life." That was some. I don't know if that was like a classical song. Whatever he did for that Ti and Rihanna, and that was just a, a, a stadium anthem. That's one of those songs where Ti said, "All right, I'm done with." I the think trap. your let time me, is let up, me sir. Take it up. Time is up. Time is up. So. I think that's about it um, for, for our, our argument, but yeah, I feel like it can go either way, but I'm rocking with just EB is rocking with Kanye rocking at this Kanye. time. I will give it to our producers, miss Um lady and Melissa. I will let you all debate, put on some jeopardy music or something. And yeah, <laughs> we'll see what they decide.
2: These were some really good arguments and, uh, uh great evidence to back it up, I will say. um, When I think of the two producers, I definitely already have like an emotion tied and like a visual and obviously a concert. So, um, (laughs) and I don't know if y'all know, maybe Ron knows, but he should know. My top two artists are Jay, Common, and both of Just Blaze and Kanye have just like created They're classics for me. So every time I think about it, I'm like, and I've seen both of them over 10 times and I will continue to. And every time I hear like it, there's just too many anthem songs with Just Blaze, too many and definitely being in Philly is just too many. Um, The energy he brings is just crazy. And then Kanye's are just so unique and memorable that I was like, okay, now I can't do this again. So. I can't because it's like confident B in my head. And then I'm like, just blaze with like a whole run from high school and college with Jay. that I, y'all did a great job. I I can't, it's a tie for me.
0: Once again. All right. All right. So on to Melissa, let's see what she has to say.
3: I mean, I was coming into this already with um, some negativity in my head (laughs) on one of the people. <laughs> Just because I mean they might have suggested that slavery was a choice. I get it. Right. I mean, yeah. Um yeah. but I, I but you your know voting not a choice <laughs> 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 Wow. <laughs> but you know, I was, you know, you know, taking that personal hmm. uh those personal thoughts away from that, um because I do really, really enjoy his music. Um and so At one point, one person was very much ahead, but then some more things were dropped about the other one, and I hate, and I really, I'm with Nalady. like, I love Jay-Z as well, but I hate to say this, that I think Kanye got it.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) mean, that's... Listen, I did have to say <laughs> that regardless of all the other mm-hmm. Kanye stuff, I want to talk just about his production because yes. I would have been yeah. right there with you.
2: Mm-hmm. Same.
0: I get it. I get it. Terrible I mean, person. I'm not mad at it. I mean, the more that you were saying, I was like, yeah, like Kanye does have a wide range and even having the gospel album, just, that's just one. So it, Kanye has definitely reached higher heights. But, you know, it's I feel like it can still go either way. But I think it can go either yeah, way. Yeah, but... Once again, audience, y'all let us know. Hashtag behind the wheels pod. Let us know who you prefer, who you used to prefer. If you prefer someone different now, whatever it is. And if you have any ideas or suggestions for the drop segment or for our next beat match, make sure that you hit us up and let us know the same way. Also send us an email. If you have any, anyone that you suggest for the uh, beat match or for the drop, send us an email to behind the wheels pod at gmail.com. So, uh, I think that's about it for this episode. Thank you for listening to episode number 11. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at DJ EB, um, where can they find you at? Uh,
1: EB for Prez. EB the number 4. And then Prez is P-R-E-Z as in
0: zebra. That's what it is. And that's that's also on Twitter. And we're always on Twitter going back and forth. So Always. You might catch us in, in some debates. Me and EB agree like 95% of the time. And when it's that 5%, <laughs> are we bumping listen, heads that, with it but so. that <laughs>
1: is why these beat matches are so hard because we do agree a lot when we're running ideas across to each other we're yeah. always like nah i think the same so listen, yeah. y'all give us some suggestions email us tag us tweet us whatever you gotta do let us know who we should be
0: doing yeah seriously because it whenever we, we we might list out 10 different artists producers and it's always like we're almost the same every single time so I mean, as it shows, we're in sync with that, so I'm not mad at it. But, yeah, if anybody has any ideas, suggestions, as long as it makes sense. Don't give us no nonsense. Right, don't, so don't come like, over
1: here with Sierra yeah. versus Mahalia Jackson. <laughs> we ain't going to do it. We don't want to hear it. It don't make sense. I, give us things that make sense.
0: It's funny because I have a friend who would do that, too. I, I have a see, friend who would say Yolanda Adams versus City Girls. So, see, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know somebody who would do that and say, who makes, who makes you drop a lower for Jesus? So, uh, none of that. None of that this time. So, Whatever ideas y'all have, make sure you get that to us. Also, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And also check out that official playlist we have. It's on Spotify. The link is actually in the notes of the show. So we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Artistic signing out. I'm EB, and I am done. We out of here. See y'all next time. Behind the Wheels is produced by Melissa D. Muntz and the lady Yahuma Seth edited by Melissa D.
3: Mutz, and the music is provided by Epidemic Sound.